Listener Production. We've heard of pheromones before, those invisible scents that supposedly attract potential partners. Companies have tried to harness their power for profit with so-called pheromone-infused fragrances that claim to do all sorts of things, like making you irresistible. It sounds pretty appealing, but do they actually work? What exactly are pheromones? And do humans even have them? Or is it just a phenomenon for the rest of the animal kingdom? I'm Emma Perfetto, journalist at Cosmos, and today I'm chasing the science scent of these suggestively sexy smells. What are pheromones, and what do they do? Pheromones are chemical signals secreted by organisms for communication, usually between members of the same species. The word pheromone is based on the Greek word pheron, which means to transfer, and hormon, which means to excite. Way back in the 1870s, a French entomologist called Jean-Henri Fabre showed for the first time that it was smell and not sight or sound which guided male moths in search of females. It took another 80 years for the first pheromone to be isolated and synthesised, though. In 1959, Nobel Prize-winning German biochemist Adolf Boudinant identified the sex pheromone Bombacol, which is produced by female silkworm moths to attract males of the same species. Boudinant and his co-workers had started the project back in the 1940s, in this species specifically because silkworms were used in the European silk industry, which supplied them with a source of thousands of moths. You know how you can smell a piece of clothing from someone you know well and instantly recognise that it belongs to them? Well, this is not an example of pheromones. Pheromones are smells, but importantly, not all smells are pheromones. Specifically, they're ones that have evolved functions as signals. They're not the smells that allow us to distinguish between individuals. Instead, a pheromone may consist of a single chemical or a mixture of different ones, and it must induce a specific physical reaction in the individual receiving it. There are two kinds of pheromones, releases and primers. Releaser pheromones trigger an immediate effect on the behaviour of the recipient, whereas primer pheromones affect physiology and produce an effect on behaviour after a period of time. An important thing to understand is that their effects aren't learned, they're innate. A 2017 study in mice found that there's a neural mechanism that connects these pheromone receptors to the behavioural centres in the brain that they trigger. An example of releaser pheromones are alarm pheromones in social insects like ants, bees, wasps and termites. When a bee stings, it's the release of a pheromone from a gland near the stinger that stimulates others to rush into the site and start stinging too. In mammals, Primer pheromones are really important in coordinating reproductive physiology. For instance, in mice, exposure to pheromones in the urine of adult males causes immature females to sexually mature more quickly. So, what kinds of organisms produce pheromones? Well, the list has certainly grown longer since 1959. Pheromones have been identified in every part of the animal kingdom from many species of insects to vertebrates like mammals, reptiles and amphibians. 
They've even been found in plants and bacteria. Bee pheromones are small, volatile chemicals that travel through the air to other bees. The amazing organisation of beehives is actually controlled by the queen's pheromones, and the main one is produced from a gland on her mandible. Its levels change over the course of her life cycle. It acts as a potent sex hormone for the drones when the queen flies out to mate, and causes young worker bees to groom, feed, and pass around her pheromones to others in the hive. It also seems to calm the workers in the colony and improves their cooperation. Pheromones can also be important for interactions between parents and their offspring. Female rabbits, for instance, release a mammary pheromone that causes newborns to search for and latch onto a nipple within just three to five seconds. A 2017 study even found that a species of Australian spider orchid, Caledonia actensis, has evolved to use the pheromones of its pollinators against them. The plant mimics the sex pheromones of female wasps to lure males into visiting their flowers in search of sex. The wasp lands on the flower, picking up pollen, which they then deliver to the other deceptive orchids that they've been lured to, which pollinates them. Chemical signaling using pheromones is also super important for coordinated responses within bacterial communities. Here's a weird fun fact for you. Apparently, it's well known among zoologists that Africa's big cats go absolutely buck wild for a specific cologne, Calvin Klein's obsession for men. And it's all thanks to a pheromone called civetone. It's found in the scent glands of a cat-like mammal called a civet, which is native to Africa. Civetone is used in perfume and cologne because it has this strong musky smell that becomes really pleasant when it's extremely diluted. Apparently, big cats will start licking and rubbing their faces all over an object if it's doused in the scent, and biologists have even used it to lure jaguars into camera traps. So, if you're heading on an African safari anytime soon, it might pay to pick up a bottle. So, given that we're also mammals, you'd think that humans would also use pheromones for communication. Unfortunately for perfume manufacturers, though, Findings from studies of potential human pheromones have been extremely inconsistent. And to date, scientists haven't been able to definitively identify any for sure. The thing is, for a human pheromone to exist, it would need to be a molecule or a combination of molecules that are present in all males or all females and which produces a reliable behavioural or physiological effect on other people. The biggest challenge with research in this area is that our cultural complexity and diversity as a species makes it really hard to identify influences on our behaviour. Not to mention, studying smelling is pretty hard to pull off. Scents are invisible and hard to control. There isn't really any standardised way of evaluating odours, and there are so many confounding variables that you need to control for. One example is a 2017 study which exposed heterosexual participants to the steroids androstadienone, which is found in male sweat and semen, and estratrenol, which is found in women's urine. Participants were asked to rate the attractiveness of opposite-sex faces while being exposed to either of those two steroids. The researchers thought that when volunteers inhaled the steroids corresponding to the opposite sex, 
that they would then rate the opposite sex faces as more attractive. But it didn't happen, and the researchers found no effect on behaviour whatsoever. Maybe we're just not as good at smelling. Many mammals, all snakes and lizards, and some amphibians have an extra olfactory organ, the vomeronasal organ, or VNO, which detects pheromones specifically. It contains receptors that detect non-volatile compounds. But in crocodilians, turtles, birds, cetaceans, and many advanced primates, that VNO is absent or very underdeveloped. In humans, our VNO is vestigial. This means that while it's still technically there, like the appendix or wisdom teeth, it isn't functional. Because it isn't even connected to the brain. But just because we haven't found them yet, doesn't mean that human pheromones don't exist. Some scientists believe that the most promising lead for closing in on them is a nipple secretion from the areola glands of lactating mothers. It causes a baby, any baby, to open its mouth, search for a nipple, and suckle. Sounds familiar, right? We haven't yet identified this specific molecule or combination of molecules that causes this effect. But who knows? Maybe one day we'll be able to bottle it up and help those who struggle to breastfeed. Thanks for listening to me rabbit on about pheromones. For the latest in science news, don't forget to check out The Science Briefing, also available here on the Listener app. And head to cosmosmagazine.com for more science just like this. Otherwise, we'll be back again next time for another Huh? Science Explained.